Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Annie Tay Podcast. Today is Season 3, Episode 10, I believe, and we will be talking about some shows from the winter 2019 season. And when I say we, I have with me today, Dill. Hey, how's it going? Good to be back. Gugsy. Hey. Requiem. Greetings, Internet. And new to the podcast, the Mama Luigi. Hello, hello. So since Luigi, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say Luigi for shorthand. Um, since you are new to the podcast for the first time, the way that we like to haze our new members is by asking them what their three favorite anime are, so we can judge them silently and then also out loud a little bit. So. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Well, uh, my three favorites are probably March comes in like a lion. Yes. Oh, uh, sound, nice. sound euphonium. Also good. Oh god. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinsu. Also good. Rakugo. So, uh, so me and Luigi aren't friends. That's good. So that's well, a- it's it's all right. Requiem has shit taste. So you know, it's I, I would say that that's actually a bonus for you, Luigi. Oh, that's just perfect. But like March, okay. I just, I, just, I want to say March is definitely like one of my top shows too. Like I I haven't I don't have like a solid top three, but it's definitely like top five and might be like top three. I'm just not sure where. Yeah, I watched it. I watched the first season last year because I heard that the second season was coming out. So mm-hmm. I binged all that and then watched the second season weekly and just I just loved every episode of it. Yeah, no, it's it's like it was one of those shows that at first um, I thought it was interesting, but I wasn't sure. Like I, it was like the atmos like atmospherically interesting, but then as it progressed, I was like, oh my god, the character development's incredible, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And the visuals and the music and yes. the way it's directed. Oh it's yeah, it's on my short list to catch up on. Yeah, I think you would like it, Dill. I think you would like yeah. it. It's the kind of show I, that you would definitely like. Right. I I got a little burned out doing week by week reviewing it when it first came out. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So wait, you haven't seen season two then, right? No, it just got like really like it was a burnout period. Every Sunday, having to find something new to write about. Like uh-huh. as it, because it's definitely like the epitome of like slow burning anime. Yeah. Episode Wait. So three, he moved one piece of shogi. Episode four, he <laughs> felt sad. Episode four, he felt sad. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So, um, Requiem, you don't like sound euphonium either? God no, no. no. <laughs> oh my god. god! It's not his kind of show. Oh my. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. It's it's not um how to how not to be a demon lord. I'm sorry. Oh. And I have to summon a demon lord. Uh, okay. <laughs> He's like, make sure you put some Please, respect on it. Get the name yeah, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A bunch of soft lesbians playing, you know, instruments doesn't do anything for me. Somebody blow something up. You know, you Requiem, you're, you're lucky. You're lucky that you don't live near me right now. Because if you did, <laughs> I wouldn't do anything. But I can say I, I, that's <laughs> it's, it's, it's a figure of speech. You know, you're lucky. Oh, oh, me, oh, me back. <laughs> Meet me at Temecula. Alright, alright, let's do it, let's do it. We'll have an anime showdown. Alright, but um, anyways, let's actually get to the meat of the episode, which is talking about a few shows. So, um, the first up on our list, and I'm going to go in alphabetical order here, is we're going to talk about Boogie Pop and Friends. So, uh, Gugsy, you're a really big fan of this one, right? Uh, Yeah. I really like it. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? I don't know how it. I can describe it, though. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not sure either. Having just seen the first couple of episodes yesterday, I like it a lot, but I'm still just like, what is this? <laughs> Bo- Boogie Pop defies easy categorization or explanation. Because yeah. the original anime is one of my favorites, the, the, the one from several years ago. But mm. every time I try to describe it to someone or recommend it, I can't find a way to do it. The show's too damn complicated. Yeah. I I found myself like that, like, I either really like it or I really don't. And I just, I'm, I don't know where I am yet. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's so intriguing that, like, you don't know what's going on, but you're like, I, I gotta keep watching because I gotta know now. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> Yeah. Boogie Pop is like a beautiful, complicated clock. Like one of those really fancy ones you watch where everything moves around each other. Everything's interconnected and intersecting in ways that you have to be keep paying attention. It's one of those shows you absolutely cannot watch while you're looking at your phone because you have to pay attention to every fucking thing that happens. Yeah. I noticed that. I had to rewind like quite a bit. Like I was trying to multitask and then yeah. I, just, I had to sit down and put it all away. You yeah, know- same. I was answering texts or whatever and I was like, I gotta, I gotta put this away and attention (laughs) it definitely feels this is a strange comparison but i I, it almost feels to me sort of like in a weird way with the way the narrative styles kind of like game of thrones where it's jumping like there's so many different like players on the field already and they're all like they're not on the same mm -hmm. side i well game of thrones is straightforward all that all all things aside boogie pop (laughs) is told completely out of order and is just it's it's just a, a mind fuck. You're so, so I, I get I get what you're right, and that is an important clarification. Is Boogie Pop is far more complicated narratively than Game of Thrones, but I just mean in the sense of like there are quite a few players who are only and who are like it's not like there are two sides, right? It's right. kind of like all sorts of different people like doing different things, and it's all and it's all happening at once and before and after each other, and so the the um, show jumps between those perspectives quite a bit. Yeah, it's like it's a busy a narrative. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of moving elements that make this big web that yeah. you gotta untangle. And once a character's introduced, you better remember who it is because the show won't remind you. No, <laughs> no, that is absolutely true. Just like Game of Thrones. Yeah. There was um, that aspect, yeah. Yeah, and it's it, it's marked as like a horror mystery psychological kind of show, and I think. I think it's it's a it's it, you know whenever you say horror in anime usually it doesn't it usually doesn't mean like you're going to you know like shriek because you're scared kind of horror. It's usually just like vaguely like unsettling or something along those lines at most. And it's really the mystery part and the psychological parts to me that seem like the main genres for the show. Yeah, I agree. I think like yeah, definitely like horror is like a very like blanket term with anime. Yeah. A psychological mystery would be how I genre, gave it a genre if I had to pick one. Yeah. So, once again, it defies those kind of easy labels. Yeah. No, it it does, and it's it's definitely like there's there's a I mean there are multiple mysteries kind of going on at once too, um, and so it gets really like chaotic sometimes. But I I've definitely been enjoying. I had no idea like the first episode. I was like I don't know what's going on. I don't even know if this is good or not yet. But then I watched the second episode and some things started to come clear and I'm like, oh, this is cool. I like it. Now, let me ask you guys, and this is what I've been like trying to wrap my head around. That, is this going to be one of those shows when it's all done, if it doesn't have a decent payoff or like all this like, you know, all this busy narrative doesn't seem like it has a kind of payoff? 
Will it make the rest just seem like crap to you guys? No. Or like not so. worth it? Yeah, I, that's what I was just curious about. Because well, we've already I... we've already went through one arc, sort of. And so we're currently in the middle of a second arc. Uh-huh. So and it's if it's gonna continue like that, like I don't think I don't think an ending is important for this show. Sure. Yeah, it's really a series of small payoffs as things yeah. click together and then you move on to the next thing. And if I go based on the original Boogie Pop, you're, you'll get small payoffs here or there, and you'll get more or less a conclusion. But you have to be okay with not understanding everything. Sure. <laughs> so this That's is actually like... – um, I had a question on that subject real quick, Requiem. So the original yeah. one adapted, like, what, like the fifth light novel or something like that? Yeah, I didn't know that at the time because I never paid attention to the source material. But, uh-huh. yeah, the original – the original Boogie Pop uh, Phantom show was like three or four books in, so it made even less sense. Why would they do that, though? I, I, can't, I can't imagine why. Maybe they liked that particular arc, but coming into that blind the first time I watched it, like I finished the show, and I went and sat in a corner somewhere and tried to put that shit together for like hours. Like, mm-hmm. I watched that show three times, and I still don't know entirely what happened in that show. But what's yeah. weird is that now, watching this, which is the first novel, it makes stuff in that show make more sense. It <laughs> makes the original make more sense? Yes, because there, there are certain elements to the Boogie Pop character that were never explained in that show because you were expected to already know them. Huh. Well, that's good. <laughs> can, can I admit something? What? No. And, and I, we, we had this discussion a couple months back in one of our general chats about like how expensive it was to get like home media for anime mm-hmm. and how Best Buy used to have that like giant anime section like with the VHS tapes and the uh DVDs. I saw I saw Boogie Pop like the original on sale at Best Buy and we we're talking about horror. That cover always scared me for some reason. Like I always got like a pit feeling in my stomach like when I was a kid and I saw it and I was just like, "Oh, that looks scary." Hmm. Oh, yeah. I I think, be, I think like 60 bucks for Boogie Pop back in the day. And, like, somebody's going to pull it up and be like, oh, it wasn't anything that bad. But, like, I was the kind of kid that got scared from, like, a really weird-looking font, so. (laughs) (laughs) No, Helvetica! (laughs) Helvetica. Not Comic Sans. (laughs) It looks better! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and then um, Gugsy mentioned, so when Gugsy first wa- started watching this show, I remember he was like, Proton, you gotta check this out, because it's got an incredible soundtrack. Yes. And that's, that's like, that's like one of my things, and like, that is absolutely true. The opening theme, and I, I like the ending theme a lot too, and then a lot of like the OST is like, it's some quality stuff, it's good. Yeah, it's yeah, from the, the OST. Guy, like, Ping Pong, and Devilman, Crybaby, and A Silent Voice, which are all Really? Yeah. um, Mm. Just outstanding soundtracks. So that was was what I was most excited about with this show. It's my second favorite OP of the season. It's it's my favorite. It's it's probably my favorite OP in a very long time. Nice. Myth Myth and Royd, when they they hit it out of the park, they can really hit it out of the park. Yeah, in my my experience of watching, like, the first couple episodes, like, I, I too, was just like, I have no idea what's going on, but this music is just incredible and i'm re- i i'm just enjoying listening to the music as this as these scenes are playing out of order yeah and and, and then when, when things started making like more sense 
towards the end of episode two. That I was just I was all in. By then I was yeah, I love the show. Yeah. No, that was that was the same so thing all, for me as episode two. I was like, Alright, I'm invested now. So all you guys are slightly behind, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm like one right. episode in. Have any of you guys gotten to the versus Imaginator episodes? Mm, Which one? No. They're called versus Imaginator one and two. Uh, I can't even remember. That's part of the problem um, that I'm behind. Is like the show is so complicated. Yeah. I need to like. I, I, it's you, the last I two episodes. What's happening? I, I think Gugsy, you you said you finished the first arc, right? I did finish the first arc, but I for the life of me, I don't really know what the second arc is about yet. <laughs> yeah, the, so the second arc is, is I think I think the show hits another gear in the second arc, the Imaginator arc. It's really good. Ooh. Right. Yeah, I out. can't wait. I just need to like have a moment to like sit down and prepare myself before <laughs> I can watch the show. I I definitely think from what you guys are saying, this is going to be like my next weekend sit down and just binge show. Yeah. No, that's that's what I'm going to have to do too. Is just like I I just really don't think I'd be able to watch this weekly. It's not that I'm going to wait till the end, but I might watch it every few weeks. Right. Right. So you can like watch every arc in a sitting. Yeah. And then wait. I might do that too, actually. Because, yeah, like, I, I have watched, I guess, this Imaginator arc that Rec is talking about. I, I guess I've watched an episode, but sitting here right now, I can't, I can't, even, I can't tell you anything about what's going on. <laughs> I have no idea. Which I think is the point of the show. Yeah. <laughs> that is very much a point of the show. The constant feeling of, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm what? what? <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, I got it. I got it. No, wait, no, I lost it again. <laughs> oh, it's back. <laughs> Yeah, and and even despite this, like I think we all are really enjoying the show. Like yeah. as confused as we are, like it's it's just a good time. No, it's definitely um, it's a quality production for sure. Because the source material is beloved, and Madhouse is clearly has done a pretty good job with the adaptation, as far as I'm aware. But yeah, and the music. Yeah, and the music. Right, I kind of grouped that under the Madhouse category, but absolutely the music. Yeah. So, um, moving on, though, to our next show on the list, we have Kaguya Wants to Be Confessed to, Love is War. I think that's the full title, right? Yeah. So, all of us, all of us are watching this one, and we're all up to date, supposedly, with this one. So, I guess, uh, I'll, 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 um, explain this one really briefly. Basically, the idea, for those of you who have not seen this one yet, um, is that you have two, the president and the vice president of the student council of, like, a really, like, preppy high school. Um, They basically both, one is, like, a rich girl, and the other is just, like, a really smart guy. And they both like each other, but they have this idea that there's a power dynamic in relationships where the one that confesses to the other is, therefore, going to be kind of in, like, the submissive position that neither of them want. And so they kind of, they're trying to, at first they're like, all right, I'm just going to wait and see if the other person confesses to me. And then since it hasn't happened, they're now trying to basically get each other to confess to the other one. And so it's, it's like a battle. That's why they call the love is war. It's almost like it's a weird kind of like back and forth where they try to for, like put the other one in a position where they have to confess. I, I like how you, you, you gave a summary for Kaguya, but for Boogie Pop, you didn't even bother trying. <laughs> oh yeah, heck no! I wasn't even gonna begin to broach that one. I yeah. mean, they're basically the same show. Basically, <laughs> oh yeah, identical, identical shows. <laughs> you, you know, 
uh, Proton, you told me like this is like the one that to watch like when I was doing my prep stuff, like heading into this. So, yeah. you know, I start watching it and they have that little intro bit, which is like, like I, I they start a little intro and I think a couple episodes I've watched, they do the same intro. Yeah. Yeah. The ski not the whole gun. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it and I'm like, why does this sound really familiar? And like, it really bugged me. And then I realized like this morning, like as I was making breakfast, I realized why it was because you guys have constantly tried to get me to read the manga. Yeah, <laughs> and I started. I've started it from scratch like four times, and I was just like, "Oh, this is what this is." So you know, it, I it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I just never really got around to reading. Yeah, no, this is. You're right. This was one of. It's this one and um, Neverland that were like my big hype shows because I'm a big fan of the source material for both. And with um, Kaguya, I think I right, well, um, Right Zeno had already read it because Right Zeno's already read everything. Um, right. But when I first, I had heard, one of my friends had recommended it to me, and then I kind of dropped it in the annotate chat at one point, and a lot of people started reading it, and people, and that, I think that was like a couple years ago. So it's been like popular, and people have been talking about like the weekly updates of it for like quite a while in the chat here before this anime came out so it's definitely been like i guess an anite like favorite for a little while yeah you got me to read it uh, i mean I, and i'm not i'm not caught up on it at all but mm-hmm. i definitely have read a good portion of it yeah no it's it's funny i like i like it quite a bit what do you guys think about it it's i think it's a great time it's it, it, it's fun yeah go on i'm sorry oh i was just gonna say every episode feels like like death note levels of <laughs> she's gonna do this so i have to do this but they're gonna know i'm doing that so then i'll do this and the other perspective is the same thing and it it's really funny to watch how they try to unravel each other and get into these ridiculous scenarios yeah no it's um def- they definitely use like um it's like it's always very wordy so i've read mm-hmm. um like the original manga in japanese and it was like they use, like, insane vocab the whole time, which is actually like, part of the humor, is that it's, like, it's just, like, it's it's borderline Chinese. There's only, it's, like, only, there's just, like, so many characters in it at once. Um, and it's, it's kind of, like, part of the, I guess, humor of it is that kind of that, like, I'm, you know, I think you made a good point with, like, the Death Note level, like, kind of, like, f- like you know, the, the battle of the brains a little bit. Uh, and I really think that having that, I really like that kind of like humor and it's worked pretty well for me when I've read the manga and watched the anime. I just want to make sure everyone caught Proton's humble brag there. I read it in the original Japanese. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you know, Requiem, you know me. I, I, I messaged you last night about this Proton. Like I started watching it and I make the joke that it's basically the same thing as Boogie Pop, but like, I never thought a comedy show I'd have to stop what I'm doing to, like, read it. Like, uh-huh. typically, like, if there's a comedy show, I can kind of, like, you know, corner my eye, follow along with what's going on, yeah. get all the jokes and all that. But this one, it's just, like, there's so much going on, like, with like, at the pace that it's going. And I'm like, holy crap. And, like, I, I was playing, uh, well, first of all, I made the mistake of trying to play a, a JRPG while I was playing it. But, Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So, um... And actually, I remember there was a little bit of a discussion. Obviously, one of the things that we talk about on Anate a lot is that humor can be really subjective. Um, 
which is kind of duh, but it's it's worth being said because obviously not everyone finds humorous shows funny, and if you don't find it funny, then it's not you might not enjoy it. But one of the comparisons that was brought up, I think um, Gugsy and I, I think maybe we were talking with I don't know Stranger or someone about it, um, and someone was comparing. I think it was Tenshi maybe. They were talking about um, the comparison between this and uh, Sakamoto. And I think, mm. Gugsy, you made a really like good analogy, if you want to say that again. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I, don't, I can't remember what it was. There's uh, the, body, the body one. You've got, yeah, like... Yeah, so Sakamoto is a show that, like, it's... Like, if, if, it, if it was a gun, it would shoot you in the same spot over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... It's the same joke told, told the exact same way and for just it's it's just the exact same thing over and over and over again and expects you to keep laughing about it Mm -hmm. this one it sort of has it's it's sort of a similar thing but instead of it like being shot in the same exact same exact like spot every single time it's like in in a certain area and it's you're not getting shot you're getting other things so it's like it's doing similar material but it's doing it in just enough different ways that it's not as boring yeah Mm -hmm. No, I definitely feel like, um, and this is why the first episode um, is good, but the second episode is even better. And I think a lot of comedy shows are like this, where they start to kind of build up long-running jokes, and they hit their stride with the characters. And so as as it progresses, the show just keeps taking better and better advantage of kind of like the setting and the characters that were in there from the beginning. And for me, that's what makes it really funny long-term. I, th- I think that's like the show from last season, uh, Asobi Asobase. Oh yeah, yeah. Where it had like characters at the start, like like the butler who would shoot lasers out of his butt. <laughs> yeah. And then they would just repeat over and over again and stuff like that. So the show kind of does that same thing. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I made I made that analogy, and I'm now going to use it because I think I have the same problem with Kaguya that I'm that I did, I had with. Um, Grand Blue Dreaming, which is that I, it's I'm enjoying the anime, but the manga is so much funnier to me. So that when like Grand Blue Dreaming, I was enjoying it, but I still ended up dropping the anime anyway because I've already read it and I've I liked it a lot better there. Yeah. And I think I might end up doing the same thing with Kaguya. Like I just I might stop watching it just because I've read it and I just enjoyed it more as a manga. Okay. Yeah. Can I ask you something with that? Mm-hmm. It, would you say it might be like, since it's a comedy, like maybe it already hit once and it's like you, it's not as entertaining the second time yeah. through? I think so. So mm-hmm. like, it's, it's not a, sh- it's, I'm, I don't think it's bad. Right. I just probably, it's a show that I just, I think I'm going to fall off at some point. Yeah. Just because it's, I've already, I've already done this material and I liked it better. Right. It was not the first time. Right, there's things across a lot of different kinds of mediums where it's like, it's a one-time deal. Yeah. And I definitely, so on the subject of comparing it to Grand Blue Dreaming, so I haven't read the source material for Grand Blue Dreaming, but a lot of the fans had said that the source material was way better. Um, And that's that's exactly what you just said, too. I guess, and I I, I kind of agree with you um, that, you know, sometimes humor that hits the spot the first time and might not work out the second time, or the manga as a manga as a medium might be better to convey the type of humor that's being used. Um, and that, that's definitely mm-hmm. the, like some fans of the manga might think that with Kaguya, but 
for what it's worth, I do think it's a really good adaptation, as opposed to Grand Blue, when, which people said was not. Um, like, what the moment that it really hit me was um, the third episode, because I, I just think that the, the, the animation is really dynamic, and the voice acting, they do a really good job um, of really, like, it's a bit like Kakegurui, how it's super dramatic, um, and I think that the, the motion and the sound of the anime really help sell that sometimes for me. Um, yeah, and then well, there are also bits like the ending theme of the third episode where it's like they just animated like a whole extra ending theme as like almost like a joke as a oh, character so song. Great. And I was just like, they, they put a lot of effort into that. So there seems to be like a good amount of money and effort going into this adaptation too. Yeah. The voice acting is doing a lot of work and it shows. Yeah. Oh, were you going to say something, Luigi? Oh, no. Um, I, w- I was going to ask before if you guys who have med the- read the manga think it's a good adaptation, but you kind of you kind of answered that, like, just yeah. in terms of changing the jokes for the new medium and stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely... And I, I think it's... To a certain extent, it's always going to be an opinion of which medium pulls off the jokes better. But right. I do think that... As long as, um, if you prefer anime, I think that this adaptation is about as good as it would get. Like, I just, I don't think that they are messing up the adaptation. I don't see how they could make oh, it better, really. Right. And that's not what I, that's not what I'm really complaining right, about. Right, right. Uh-huh. But, yep. So, let's actually jump to our third show on the list, which is Magical Girl Spec Ops Asuka. So, um, I think that... That one's being watched by Dill, Requiem, and Gugsy. So one of you guys are going to have to introduce me to this one. Oh. Um, okay. So basically, <laughs> uh, Magical Girl Spec Ops Asuka is like... Um, so magic like was it came into the world, but it, it was bad. It was attacking everything. And eventually a group of magical girls had to like had to show up and basically save the world. Mm-hmm. And, and they did that, and now it's, like, after that. It's a- after, like, they saved the world from the magic, but now... Um, I'm struggling here. <laughs> now it's... it's Yeah, it's just the aftermath of... And all these, like, all their magical girlfriends, a lot of them died along the way to, like, save the world from the, this magical dimension that was uh, coming in, so... Like, the main character is, like, this battle-hardened, like, almost PTSD sort of magical girl in a world mm-hmm. where now, like, bad people are trying to use magic for their own purposes. Okay, rather than so... Yeah, it's basically... Magical Girl Spec Ops is basically a sequel to a show that doesn't exist. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like, they did, like, the, okay. the whole season was, like, in the first five episode, five minutes of episode one. Hmm. Yeah, we were invaded by evil creatures that look like giant teddy bears and other stuffed animals. Another dimension gave us the ability to use magical girls. Those magical girls beat the enemy, uh, although losing about half of the girls and suffering severe psychological trauma. And this show picks up a couple years later. Hmm. Yes. So one question that I have off the top of my head about this, and I'm, I'm curious because I'm deciding whether or not I'm interested in trying this one out, is that one of the critiques of these dark, the dark magical girl like subgenre or what you whatever you want to call it, that has been pretty prominent um, at least on articles that I've read, is that a lot of times people say that some of these shows just they're just like 
deliberately they're just like aggressively dark for the sake of being dark and they don't necessarily really bring anything to the table they're just subverting a genre that's been subverted like 50 billion times in the same way so how would you like respond to that with this um, yeah this isn't this isn't a madoka clone this isn't like magical girl site where it's just like jesus christ we get it if there's any more edge it would be bismuth like this (laughs) this is dark but it's a b movie dark like there's traumatic (laughs) stuff that happens but it's not like, oh my god, it's so dark. You're like, meh. It, you know, it's it's funny. It it's almost feels that, self-aware. It's taking itself. It's not taking itself nearly serious enough to be as dark as say one of the shows that came after uh, Madoka or Madoka, however you pronounce. You have to see like what it has as like what he's saying there. Like, I didn't want to take your point. I'm glad you said it about it being a B movie. Like, I was I was messaging you as I was watching it, and part <laughs> of the reason it was so, so appealing to me was because. Like, there's just, like, super over-the-top things, like teddy bears sending, like, severed hands to this girl's apartment and stuff. And, like, there's, like, a girl who's just, like, running around with scissors and stabbing, like, random people. And it's, like, you just have to think, or you'd at least hope to think that, you know, whoever's making this is, like, aware that it is, like, kind of schlocky. You know, it's, like, it's not deliberately super dark it's like in mm-hmm. almost like an unintentional comedy i guess i should say i don't know is yeah, it is has that... a lot of violence it has a lot of violence but it's too dumb to be dark so it ends up just being fun yes yeah, so, it's absolutely entertaining schlock okay so this is one of those shows that it's it's not uh, you said I, I just want to make sure i get the argument here so b movie um violence and like I, well horror is not the right word um but <laughs> Um, it's, it's like, it's, it's bad, but entertaining. It's so bad. It's good. Cause if you look at what happens in a given episode, if you actually just try to write it out, it's like terrorists attack downtown, magical girl shows up and stops them. A uh, girl with teddy bear powers stabs a cop in the eye. Like that. It, it's clearly like, just not like super grim and dark, despite it like kind of giving the illusion of it. Right. It's the kind of it's the kind of show where it'll do all that, where it'll have all this violence and all this like just craziness. And then it also is just it's the kind of show where every single magical girl is just like this. There for some reason, all of them have just enormous boobs, and oh, they God. they have a they're in high school, and uh, oh, we we have to have a moment where we're all going to the pool for yeah. no reason at all. But then we're gonna go back to like someone getting kidnapped and stuff like it's it's just it's just yeah. wild so well, i'm gonna go to the pool and have fun and do che- cheesecake fan service stuff oh and then a motherfucker's gonna get his legs cut off yes it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's grindhouse magical girls and it, i fucking love it it's it's so, the best time i'm having this season i also like it sorry it's oh it's all right i was just gonna say there's that character that just like has to like over the top say my queen a lot and i just (laughs) every time that happens it's like averaging once per episode i can't help but the laugh like there's so many characters and the character she's talking to has yet to move at all and she's always like half naked and like just laying there (laughs) laying on a shady's lounge (laughs) like her like over the top high-rise apartment like The entire yeah. thing too is it's like I feel like they they do some shots deliberately. I feel like like I keep saying once per episode, but like it feels like the main girl like saves somebody in the exact same way once per episode. Like somebody's about to get shot or like crushed, and like she shows up at the last second, and it's to the point to where it's like I don't think that they're just being like 
unoriginal with this. Like, it's almost like it's a running gag. So, like, it, the show totally knows what it is and just embraces oh, it. Oh, you know, the guys making this show have absolutely every idea of what they're doing, and they're having a good time doing it. And it's all it deliberate. Makes, it's all very, like, doing. subtle. Like, there's a lot of little subtle, like, jokes that they put in with their, like, animation and everything. Hmm. It feels like if Troma Films made Magical Girls. Whoa. So, <laughs> okay. I just, I just want to, so to clarify, you guys recommend this show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, it's like a, we, recommend, it, we recommend it knowing that it's not good, but you're yeah. going to be entertained. It's, hmm. like a, it's like a crack open a beer and just have a good time with kind of show. Like, if you went to the movies and you saw Venom and you came out going, fuck, that was great, you're going to love Magical Girls. <laughs> I, did, I did love Venom. I did love Venom. <laughs> Venom was pretty oh. great. Oh, I mean, okay. <laughs> so, He's not wrong. So going down to um, our fourth show on the list, we have The Price of Smiles. And so this one's been watched, this is another one that's been watched by three of us. This time, Gugsy, Requiem, and Luigi have seen this one. So is there anyone that wants to introduce this one? Uh, I didn't do a good job, so I'll give it to one of you guys. <laughs> all right. Uh, it's Rec or Luigi. Which one of you guys are feeling courageous today? Oh, God. I guess I, I mean, can. Um, All right. Go for it. Go for it. So, like, from, like, the promotional materials and stuff, it looks like it's going to be, like, this kind of, like, mech war show that looks like it's going to be all fun and lighthearted, but mm-hmm. it it's kind of like this weird war drama that doesn't have any real clear sides about who's doing what and the central character is this i think she's 12 years old and she's this princess of this land kingdom who um, it's it's like a not earth kingdom like we're not specifically we're like not on earth yeah and it's all very sci-fi and um like mech um and she kind of gets thrust into this role and everything kind of builds off of that um and then the other central character um is like a soldier for the opposing faction Hmm. um and so the show is kind of building to them meeting and interacting and i the show just does a lot to like subvert expectations of what you thought it was going to be like there's some reveals and i don't want to spoil anything obviously but there's Mm -hmm. some reveals and stuff happens to characters that you're like, oh my god, and there's like blood and stuff, and then my <laughs> show about a cute twelve-year-old. What's happening? Yeah, it's basically yeah, like the twelve-year-old is the princess of this kingdom, but she hasn't. She has no idea that this kingdom is actually in war with another kingdom, and it's like yeah, coming yeah. to grips with that. But it's not. But it, we're, we're also learning about like the other side. So it feels it feels like the show where these two sides are gonna like they're going to come together because there's a third like evil thing that we don't know about. And then they're going to work together to defeat the true evil. Like there's, I have I have no proof that that's going to happen, but that's just what it feels like because both sides feel like good guys. Yeah. It's either, it's either leading towards that or like the two of them are going to get into some big war and everyone's going to feel sad because you're going to like all the characters from both sides. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think we're going. I feel like I feel like we're headed toward a the power of friendship stops a war kind of ending. Yeah, right. and but the, the show is called Price of Smiles because, like, every character in the show, in in reference to the twelve year old princess, is like, we have to protect 
her smile. She can't know anything about the horrors. And you just know it's all going to blow up in everyone's faces. But even Wait, still, so, like, she's coming to grips with, like, all the things at war. Like, it's not shying away at all about anything, right. the things with the war. And so she, like, she's growing, too, as a person. It's just, it's, it's really well done. Yeah, it was yeah, there's, deep. There's some analogy to, like, adolescence and growing up in there, in the show, too. But the, the show is consistently surprising in that, like, he's, like somebody said already, like, it subverts what you're expecting. It's never like an M. Night Shyamalan twist, like, oh, my God, it's a twist. But it's always like, no, we're not going the way you think we're going to go. And it's mm-hmm. always, a, like, there's no bad guys. The thing, the thing about focusing on both sides is that nobody's the bad guy. You have right. basically co-protagonists, but you don't have an antagonist. Like, nobody's so, the bad guy yet. So I, 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 I think, think war itself is the bad guy. This sounds like it's better written, but based off a lot of the information you guys are giving me, it's like I'm going to do like major flashbacks to Al Noah Zero. <laughs> no, no, because no. it's way better written than that. <laughs> the, the, no exa- yeah, no, I, I'm, and it sounds like it is, but it was just funny because like if you think about the base description of the show, like without knowing, without seeing any of the visuals or knowing anything about it, it just it sounds really similar in like the core, the basic premise. Who is? Got, it's very similar to, I think like, it's way more effective than that. Yeah. It sounds like it is. It sounds like it is. Don't get me wrong, but I was just like I was kind of like smirking to myself at the for the I, until you guys got into the details. But like when you were first breaking it down with Luigi and Gugsy, I was sitting there going like, "Yep, I'll know zero is like that too." Oh, uh, space princess. Yeah, I'll know a zero. What? There's a soldier on the other side, and they're both supposed to be good guys. Oh, I'll know a zero. But who, I'll know zero was this? bad. So what'd you say? Uh, we can look that up. Yeah, I was, um, I was curious who animated. Who production, I think. Yeah, of course, the big difference between Price yeah. of Smiles and Out No Zero is that at no point during Price of Smiles have I wanted to take my TV and hurl it out a window. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if it would be like some name that I like immediately like popped. I, not to say, I'm, I'm, I don't know if it I've never seen any visuals from this or anything, so I don't know if it looks bad or not, but I'm always yeah. interested I'm always interested to hear, like, like, oh yeah, this is new Studio Bones anime, and I'm like, what? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah the it's... animation in the show isn't like it's competent. Like, yeah, it's fine. There's some yeah. quality faces and stuff, but... I'm not sitting here, like, trying to sound like a snob. I was just curious. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, there's a lot of CG the with the mechs and stuff. Yeah. It's the not bad, though. keeps you coming back every week. Yeah. Are there any CG bears? There are no CG bears, unfortunately. Not yet. <laughs> so it's a, it's a Tatsunoko production show. What else have they done again? I mean, they've done a lot of things. Um, things I know. They animated CG bears. Like, CG bears. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's the CG bears. CG bears does sound like a band name. <laughs> they did a lot of the gotcha. That was my favorite band. light rock band in the late 90s. So they're, so they're an old studio. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they did, like, they're they're involved in the original Macross. Like, uh, they're, the they've, been, page they've been in says... around for a very long time. The Wikipedia for the show, Price of Smile, says this show was created as a part of the studio's 20, or 55th anniversary. Oh my god, nice. okay. <laughs> Yeah, Tatsunobi's been around. Good for them. And the, the, I think I think the, the standout part about Price of Smiles is just the writing is just really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there was, in the latest episode, there was a, ba- there was a backstory for like the attendant who, who was like, I guess training and helping the princess, yeah. and it's just like the the backstory is so 
it's so good and it's so it's told so so well that like by the end of it i was like oh absolutely i absolutely understand where like this character and what they're coming from and their outlook in life completely after watching this like it's so Mm. it just does really good work uh describing its characters and you know you know the growth of this princess especially there's a lot of show don't you know show don't tell in this show Mm -hmm. nice that's good. Actually, I, I want to check this out now. I do too. No, I, it was on that. my it That's was on my list. It was definitely on my list. And this is on Crunchy or? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like you yeah. you have to like the first episode is probably the weakest of the bunch just because uh-huh. like the, again it's, it's a part building. like this princess yeah. twelve years old she's ditzy she doesn't know anything about the world and then but then it starts like oh it's and then it starts really. I feel like I average this like once per podcast, but I'm in. You got me sold. I want to check it out. <laughs> cool. All right. High Congratulations, five. guys. You did day. it. You did it. I'm like the easiest person on a podcast to convince. So <laughs> take that with a grain I'll, of salt. No, I'll lean back away from my check from Tatanoko. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a brand deal. <laughs> <laughs> or, or some free gotcha man gear. I'll take either. You basically just did a live read for them. <laughs> no, it, it reminds me of, have you guys ever seen that, like, Pro-ZD video where he's talking with, um, like, the director of Final Fantasy, and then he's like, which Final Fantasy is the best one? And the guy's like, nine, of course. And then, like, Pro-ZD, like, slips him, like, a couple hundred bucks or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yep, that's that's you, Requiem, except minus the money, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. I'm a shill, but I don't get paid. It's kind of sad. <laughs> All right, so let's jump to our final show to discuss for today, which is The Promised Neverland. Yes! Oh, yeah, baby. So I'll, I'll go ahead and try to summarize this one. So and, and I just want to note, um, I'm going to spoil part of the first episode here because we can't really like discuss this in anything besides really, really vague terms if we don't talk about spoilers for the first episode. So if you don't want to be spoiled on the first episode then maybe, like, skip this part of the podcast. Just a warning. So, um, now that that warning is out, basically the premise of The Promised Neverland is that there are a bunch of kids, ages um, up to 12 is the oldest, and they all live in, like, this orphanage, That's care- and they have a caretaker ca- that they call Mama, um, that they're all, you know, they all, she acts like a, you know, like a foster parent, I guess, and takes good care of them. And none of them have ever really left the house outside of, like, the surrounding woods, and they're not really supposed to. Um, And basically, they all have kind of, like, branding, like, numbers on the side of their necks. And they take, like, this weird test every day, which are kind of, like, hints that, okay, something weird is going on. Um, And what 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 it ultimately is going on is that they've been, they're, like, livestock, and they get sold to demons essentially and demons like kill them and eat them um and the kid a couple of the kids find that out um when one of the kids who's supposedly getting adopted um forgets something and they go to like um, give it back to her and they realize like oh my gosh they find like her body like oh my gosh like we're being eaten by like these creatures and so they basically are like we're going to try to escape the orphanage and it's it's a battle between them and um, the the like mama who's running the orphanage, who's working for the demons, and they're trying to get out um, without her finding out their plan and basically sent you know shipping them off to the demons. So, with with that, and it's interesting because 
I mean, I'm sure anybody who didn't want to listen to this already stopped listening as far Hopefully. as the spoilers spoilers go, yeah. <laughs> you know, it. I had this, like, written down, and I have it right here, and one of the really th- things that, like, stuck with me was how, just how good that pilot was. Yeah. Like, like cool. I knew, I knew everything that was going to happen, because... And this says something, because I, I really don't have that much of a social media uh, footprint anymore. Like, I deleted mm-hmm. everything. But, like, even I heard about what happened in that first episode. Mm-hmm. And I thought, like, okay, well, you know, the first twist or whatever is not really going to be that great. And then when it happens there in the first episode, like, when they go and, like, they open up the back of the... Well, even before they open up the back of the truck, like, one of the important things is, like... Um, again, I don't want to make this my own point, like, uh, Rec talked about it earlier today. I, I overlooked him writing about like there's just a really tense atmosphere, and I I yeah. think this pilot goes a really far way of like building that. And you know, like with shows, it doesn't have to just be anime. You think about it, the pilot is like so important when it comes to a show because you know it boils down to like one of a few opinions. It's either like it started really good and it didn't it didn't finish well, or I didn't really like the beginning. Great. Uh, towards the end or you know it hooked me right from the start and it was really good all the way through you know that's typically Mm -hmm. what people's opinions of a show boils down to yeah and even with people knowing about what happens they still manage to you know really make you get invested into it and like all the different parts of it really well done and i know we're going to get into that but i just wanted to make that note there real quick that like this pilot is like masterful yeah, no, I, th- I think that's a really good point because as someone who's, I've been reading the manga and it's like, it's like, I've been like, I love the manga. Um, and that's why I was really excited for this show. This is a really good adaptation. Um, because no, even like, ha- like knowing and having like literally read the source material. So I'm very aware of exactly the way in which this is all going to happen. And it was still like, I honestly think that in some ways that first episode was the most like horror-ish episode of anime so far that i've seen this season or really in a, in a while um and that was even me knowing what was going to happen they just did such a like the direction was just so well done sure and it, it, it that's like one of those moments that it'll probably stick with you like mm-hmm. i don't want to i i might be getting ahead of myself here saying this but like years down the road when you look back on this anime you're gonna remember how good that pilot was and how good that first reveal is even if the rest doesn't pay off yeah I have a question. Yeah, sure. So, Proton, the yeah. source material, is it finished? No. No. Oh. That, make, so, that makes me weird. So, I know I know where they're going to end the anime because there's only one spot that they that would make any sense whatsoever for them to end it in. Um, mm. And mm. it's a good ending. Um, in the, well, it's, it's a good ending in the sense that, like, it concludes very thoroughly the you know the 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 main like fight i guess of what goes on for like the the whole part of the arc but it's definitely like it's not like oh they're all happy and safe now the end kind of thing either so they could they could build upon it later right and they totally this is this is one of those so this manga is super popular in japan right now um and i really and this is this adaptation has a lot of money behind it and I think that they are making it with the intention of hopefully having a second season in the near future. But I do think that there is a there is a spot that they can end at that would make a really fantastic final episode without concluding the show, in my opinion. 
And that could end up being a controversial take, but I do think there is a point that makes sense to stop at at least. You, you said all that, and you still just made me made me worry. <laughs> sure, and I'm sure like, and I, 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 that's understandable too. Um, but I think, uh, and I, I wish I could give details, but I don't want to spoil anything. But um, I think it'll I think it'll work out for at least most people will be all right with it. You, you know, when we're talking about those first couple episodes too, I think one of the things that really like lets you know the stakes a lot better like with these that these are just kids it's just the fact that you know like especially emma like the main character she's like really really rattled by what happens and like and it's not like scream at the end of the episode yeah the scream yeah when they cut to mama too at the very end Oh, that that actually made me jump yeah yeah i think that worked even better than the manga yeah no it did she's got that blood curdling scream and then like like even like the um Oh, his name the other boy is it norman yeah norman yeah, yeah like even he's like having that really crazy reaction and it's like it reminds you that these are just kids you know mm-hmm. like sometimes there's a problem with anime that people like put characters on too high of standards or pedestals or whatever like oh they should re- why are they reacting this way why are they peeing themselves like oh they're kids you know like everybody like i don't want to say everybody. there's a few people we all know um <laughs> i I uh I had a couple people in my own private circle too have the same complaints with Made in Abyss with like Rika. And like it is hard to remember that sometimes, but like this show does a really good job of reminding you that like, yeah, these are kids, there's a reason that this is super screwed up and they're reacting the way they are because it's like super, super traumatic. Yeah. No, and I think and, that's a good and point. We have they do the mama a really good job. here in this podcast, so I don't know how much I can trust you. Uh, I think I have to leave now. I've been found out. Wait, so Luigi, did you read the source material too? I'm reading it right now, yeah, um, physically um, instead of spiritually. Um, So (laughs) I just read volume four. Oh, okay. It's up to like chapter 34, I think. Yeah. Um, And I just haven't had time to keep reading, but um, I wanted to get ahead of this just because... I did, and it's the manga's very good. Yeah, I think so. Um, I believe that they will stop the anime halfway through volume five. Yeah, I think you'd mentioned that before, so I gotta read up to that <laughs> before the anime ends, which I should be able to do. Yeah, let me. And, yeah, on. I was just gonna say the reason that I think that is because so first off, it's the end of an arc, and usually a normally paced adaptation would adapt roughly like four-ish volumes of manga, anyways. And the other thing is the next arc would take them, it's like, it would be the next arc ends at like volume 11. So there's just no way they'd be able to fit all that into a 12 episode anime. So I'm almost positive that they will end at the end of the first arc. Worst anime have come and gone and and made that mistake. And that's, (sighs) that's what I was worried about. But giving the pacing of the first few episodes, unless they like triple the rate at which they're going or quadruple even, there's no way they'd even get close. Like so I think that they like it seems like they are aiming for what I thought they would aim for in the first place. That's interesting because you, you answered a question I was just about to ask, and I always wonder, like, as somebody who doesn't read source material before I watch a lot of these anime, mm-hmm. I was wondering how the typical pacing goes as far as like volumes and chapters. Yeah, it, it usually varies. I mean, there's definitely a certain amount of variance because if you have a weekly published one, the chapters are usually shorter, right? Um, but on average, you're looking at usually three to four volumes of manga. 
um, or three to four light novels. And then sometimes there are plenty of examples where they've been able to do it at a much faster rate and it's worked. Like um, Yamada-kun and the Seven Witches, they adapted, I believe, the first like twelve volume or 10 or 12 volumes of the manga and they actually, it actually worked. Other times they adapt that much material and it totally doesn't work at all. Um, and I think in the case of The Promised Neverland, it it would be re- it would have been really hard to make a good adaptation and try to cram it all the way through volume 11 because they like it's one of those those series that like there's quite a bit that happens pretty fast um in really? it's like every it's a it's a page turner like it honestly is quite a page turner the original manga. nice yeah like i read the first four volumes while i was home over christmas in like two days yeah like oh my god because they they keep things so engaging and the pace is so fast like not like breakneck fast but like you said it's a page turn you yeah you want to keep seeing what's what's happening and i was surprised how quickly things progressed in four volumes because i i was expecting this to be like a weekly series that went on for 80 volumes like one piece or something yeah no. and that's that's what i was talking about before that you know the reference i was talking about tension and atmosphere mm-hmm. is that like i almost want to call it hitchcockian mm-hmm. is that there's this constant ratcheting up like because they're they're in this desperate situation and they're being watched it's almost like a prison escape movie or like yeah. any second something bad or worse could happen to them and so you keep going next minute to next minute and someone we all know but one shot never name nameless complain that they were spinning their wheels and not doing anything and that's it's mm. so inaccurate like there's always something happening yeah. there's like a paranoia like every second Every second is so paranoid and so full of suspense. And it's right. like, you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck's going to happen? And so, and like, you can't, that's why that, you can't be through it. You got to let it develop. Yeah, yeah, that's why that first episode's so good because then every episode or chapter after is colored by the fact that we know they're being watched and they're being, like, um, like made to be food. So, even like the quieter moments in the manga, like, there's always this underlying tension that keeps things mm-hmm. really intense so i maybe you guys know this maybe you know but have they already started like publishing it over here in america like the english versions or yeah that's what luigi is reading i think yeah right? that's okay. what i'm reading i wasn't sure if you were if you were a purist like our our beloved proton here who just reads it and it's yeah the natural language in the, the new OG. No, i had actually <laughs> um when i started read reading it runes. I, I was um I was um on I was at like the snow festival in Hokkaido and the bookstore the place I was staying at um the bookstore was like a 20 minute walk in the snow and I just went there for fun and I bought the first volume and then I finished it in like a couple of hours and I was like oh my god I need the second volume so I made the trek again for another 20 minutes out nice. in like the freezing tundra just to get it again so it's a it's a page turner like I, I assure you it's a page turner I uh yeah. Sorry. I live by oh that's all right. I was just gonna say I live by a Barnes. I mean not live. I go to school by a Barnes and Noble. I don't mean to dox myself. I think every university <laughs> has a Barnes and Noble by it. But like you know they always have a really good manga selection. That that'd be something where like if this if this finishes and I feel like I absolutely like if there's not like an announcement for a second season right away, I might have to just yeah jump in and read it. And I, I would recommend. I mean anyone who's really interested, the manga is just like really good. So that would be an easy recommendation for me. And actually, one thing I wanted to mention on that subject is in terms of going back to Requiem's point before we get really, really far away from it. Um, the original, the author, 
from what I've heard from interviews is that they, the author had like very, a very, very like, um, he knew he had a very good framework for the whole story, like going into writing it. And so he had kind of, or uh, they had kind of like a length that they had in mind from the beginning, which is why, um, it, it's a, it's a little bit more, it's like more tightly paced than a lot of the other stuff that you see in like Shonen Jump. Um, and I think that that's like, they're already saying they're in on volume like 12 right now. And the author is like, we're, you know, we're about like halfway ish right now. I think he said that a few yeah. months back. So they, they've had like a very clear mind of like what their length is going to be for this from like the very beginning. Yeah. At least so far, this feels like a story with zero filler. Yeah. No, I, mean, I, I think some people, they feel like it's spinning their wheels because they're like, some people just want to be like, okay. I want them to escape now or, you know, the situ, but the reality is that even though they haven't escaped immediately, you, if you think about it, so much changes so quickly at the same time, like they discover, you know, like the, the back and forth progresses and it's, they're real. it's not spinning its wheels at all. I agree with you. I'm really optimistic about this, the series now from listening to what you guys said. And I was like, really really bullish on it now you guys have me like even further bullish um, yeah i was so hyped for this I'm, one. A, I'm a little more i'm a little more worried about it than i was because i i assumed because like we've said it's it's paced so well i assumed that it was a finished story but yeah that, it, i'm always i'm always worried with these these shows that could go on forever there's there's always there's always room for them to just mess it up but it, i mean on the counterpoint of that, though, it does sound like this is a finite story. Well, but not not in like at least not anime wise. Or okay. Not yet. Fair enough. Yeah, and I, I, I like I said before, um, it the anime won't get to the ending because the ending's not done, um, and it probably won't. If it, if they're smart, they won't try to do the second arc. Um, but I do think that the ending of the first arc would be a very effective. I think it would be a good way to end the first season. And I hope that there's a second season, but um, it's still, it would be like, it would it would not, it would be like the fight continues, but it's it, it makes like really, really important progression. But like the end of this arc, things get, like certain things get, there are a lot of things that wrap up. And so in that sense, I think that it's about as good of a, our fight continues kind of ending that you could really have in an anime. I- I'd, I I don't know. This is just me. I'd rather have that kind of ending than like what happened with Erased, where they were like, "Let's just come up with our own ending." Oh God, Erased ending. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like it's like I'd rather like it, I'd rather it be an unfinished thing with the potential of being built upon than let's just throw together our own a- ending since it's an anime. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want them to pull a blue exorcist and be like, "We have this idea," and then they have to fix it ten years later. Yeah, same thing with Noragami. It was the exact same thing. <laughs> Yeah. Although it, I'm also like another thing is like, like people always wonder like where and not to bring this back up, but like, uh, it with the adaptations, it's it, at least it's not like a situation with like Harui. Like everyone's like, where's the next Harui? The reason that they're not adapting it, and I've written about this years ago, is because the rest of the light novels are just trash. Like <laughs> they're just really bad, and like people know that too. And yet the people who don't know that are like, where's more of it? It's mm-hmm. you can't adapt it. So it's like, at least it sounds like a tight knit story is going here. It's going well. So at least there's a better chance of it being adapted. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, if, if it got a second season, people would love anyone who lo- liked the first season would love the second season too. 
it's very solid. You guys did mention Noragami and Blue Exorcist, and those were those were shows that started off really well, and they just they didn't have they didn't like stick the landing. So right, well, so. and but that's because just, both I of can't... them tried to come up with anime original endings and did not have a good ending spot. Like Noragami, the first season, as a huge fan of that manga too, they didn't even get to where the main story starts by the end of the first season. Like the main story starts volume four, and they didn't even adapt up to that point in the first season. Which was just a mistake. I think that was a mistake. Even if the anime for uh, Promise Neverland doesn't stick the landing, like Gugs is saying, it kind of goes back to the original point I was just making about that pilot, though. At the very least, we're going to have the effectiveness of that pilot. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, given, that's better given, than a lot. Go ahead. I was just going to say, that's better than a, a, a lot of an- seasonal anime seems to give us. So I'd be happy with that alone. Mm-hmm. So that anything else given is the- with the overall quality of what we've seen so far, and given how popular the the project is and the property is, I I can't imagine them utterly failing. And it, it may yeah. not be exactly what you want, but I can't see a full on blown landing. I just can't see it. Like yeah. I really think this is like everything to me indicates this is going to wrap up as a top quality show for the rest of the year. No, I, especially I agree. with especially with the fact that they're already putting the manga out in like in the Western market, like you know, like. Uh, Single dubs and all that going on with Funimation. Funimation picked this up too. It's like clearly this is going to be something that has a lot of sting. Yeah, that might you, be a bad thing. You asked me this about Boogie Pop that um, if Boogie Pop doesn't stick the like if it doesn't end well, would I still enjoy it? And Boogie Pop, yeah, I I will enjoy it. Just everything that's that's happened along the way. But if Promise Neverland doesn't get, get the landing, that's a show that I'm going to be upset about. Right, okay. and but I think that the way in which so I, I could understand, right, if it's, it's if, like, the, I think the way that the ending could be bad is if people are upset that they want to see what happens next. That's the only way I can see that, that, that I can see people being upset with that. Because having, unless they just change the source material, the end of this arc where I think they will end the anime is, like, awesome. Like, it's brilliant. It's really good. And it surprises you in ways, like, and this manga does this a lot. It surprises you in ways that you just didn't see, you just didn't see coming at all. Okay. So I, I think I, mean, I think it will at least, I, it will not be combusting that much. I am the same thing as what Rex said. I'm very certain of that. That makes me curious. Like when when these people who make these manga, like they, do you think they have some of that in mind, like in the back of their head, like where would be a good spot if they made this an anime? If they I stop? think they do, especially if they're a Shonen Jump author, because most of those end up getting anime if they stay around for more than a volume or two. That's interesting. Yeah. Before we go, do we want to just go quickly all around and say like what our favorite show of the season is? Favorite show of the season? Uh, yeah. Sure. What's your favorite show of the uh, season, Gugsy? Um, I like up till now I would have said Boogie Pop, but Price of Smiles has just been getting better and better and better, and I'm I think that might be my favorite show right right now. All right. So Price right, of guys... we got one for Price of Smiles. How about you, Dill? Uh, Promise Neverland. Promise Neverland. Requiem. Yeah, Boogie Pop. Boogie Pop. And then Luigi. Yeah, I'd probably have to go Price of Smiles, too. It's the one I look forward to watching the most every year. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) And I'm probably probably on the Neverland ship, too, along with Dill. So, yeah. I guess those are our um, favorite shows from the season. So... We will uh, see you guys next time, and thanks, everyone, for listening. 
and hopefully we'll be back in the near future. So, yep. bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Stay beautiful. <laughs>